of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. And welcome to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones continuing through the Psalm Project and brings us here today to Psalm 95. So we just have a few more to go and we will be two-thirds of the way through the book of Psalms. It's hard to believe that at the beginning of 2022 I began this project and here we are in Psalm 95. Uh The psalm really has the theme of singing praise to God, and it opens with an exuberant hymn, and it ends with God's warning to listen to his voice and obey him. Oftentimes we forget that worship, worship gathering, uh, that of God's people, is a dialogue between God and his people. And uh, sometimes our lingo is incorrect, and it needs to change, really. How often have we heard someone say, man, the worship was so good today? And uh, what they're referring to is music. And that is why... Uh, well, worship, first of all, is is more than just music. It is all-encompassing of every aspect of not only of life, but corporately of everything that happens in a worship gathering. That includes the sermon, uh, certainly the Lord's table, prayer, anything that occurs is part of that dialogue. And I believe worship leaders should strive to plan worship gatherings as a single and unified dialogue. Uh, I have a problem with uh, when we refer to um, the music as a set. And I get the idea. It's not heretical. It's not wrong. We we sing maybe a set of songs, and I get that. But uh, perhaps we need to think of it in a different way. Worship is not just a set of music, uh, musical songs that people sing, and then worship is over and we hear the sermon. No, that that is just a small part of worship, and realistically, uh, everything should be connected. There should be an obvious theme, uh, perhaps, throughout the service. Um, Someone that I know that you may have heard of, Matt Boswell, um, his liturgy that he uses in his church is God-Man-Christ response. So the entire worship service will be in that order. The historic fourfold order of worship is gathering, word, table, and sending. Um, there, there's no right or wrong way, but you know I think it is vital that we provide a dialogue for God's people uh, to dialogue between them and their God. And so this psalm here, it opens as a hymn, but then it ends with God's warning to listen to his voice and obey him. And how often do we forget to listen to God's voice. In other words, it's not just us singing to him and praying to him and then we leave. No, we have a responsibility to listen to the voice of God. So Psalm 95, it is somewhat short, not extremely short, but let me read for you the text and then get into my commentary. O come, let us sing to the Lord. 
Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands form the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. For forty years I loathed that generation and said, They are a people who go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Therefore I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. So, this psalm, by the way, I have set a portion of this psalm to music already. Kind of a fast, uh, jubilant setting. Um, but I did not use that for this psalm. I used a new setting for it. Um, so let's get into it. So the, the first thing we see here is a, a command. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. This is a worship leader, perhaps a priest, and he calls on the congregation to worship the Lord together with him. And then in verse 3, the psalmist refers to God as a great king above all gods. And he is obviously the supreme God of the universe. And all sovereignty is his. But this reference, as we've seen in the past in the Psalms, is this reference to the popular Near Eastern mythological gods is really just calling the people of Israel and the surrounding people to worship the one true God. It is not acknowledging the existence of other gods. Verse 5. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Similar to verse 4, complementary terms are used to indicate the whole earth. Verse 4, in his hand are the depths of the earth, and the heights of the mountains are his. So you have these contrasting terms and ideas. In other words, everything belongs to God. Verse 6, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. We worship our creator. This is different from other gods, perhaps in the surrounding nations of Israel, because the people made those gods. Our God has made us. Verse 7, he is our God. And then it says at the end of verse 7, today, if you hear his voice, and it goes on to this warning from God. So what does it mean when it says today? This was written thousands of years ago. So is this not applicable to today? No, this is an ever-present term. In, in other words, it is perpetual. If you hear the voice of the Lord, do not harden your hearts 
And then he gives some references, as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness. Meribah and Massa, these are place names that may be translated quarreling and testing. And they really sum up Israel's attitude toward God during the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. You can read about that in Exodus 17 and Numbers 20. Verse 11. And God has given this warning and he says, Therefore I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. In other words, those who rebelled against the Lord in the wilderness never entered the promised land. Hebrews 3, 7 through 4, 7 cites this passage and applies it to the Christian life. Professing Christians must heed God's word or they will not enter into God's eternal rest. This psalm was set in a um, slower melodic setting, um, kind of a, a two, a feeling of two. Um, Come, let us sing unto the. So you get this bum 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 bum. This is sort of two feeling, two beats per measure. Um, and so it really is a song that could be used as a call to worship, and it is calling God's people together to worship. Perhaps a single worship leader is inviting the people of God to join him in this pursuit of worship and worshiping the risen king and worshiping the one true God. So here is Psalm 95 set to music. Thank you for joining me today on the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Whom his own hand will keep To 